Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inujiadi. Today is Wednesday, February 21st. Coming up, Kansas lawmakers are once again trying to pass more restrictions on abortion rights. We'll take a look at where those stand. But first, some headlines. Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters Baker announced felony charges yesterday against two adult men in the fatal shooting during the Kansas City Chiefs championship rally last week. Lindell Mays of Raytown and Dominic Miller of Kansas City are both charged with second-degree murder and three other charges in the death of Lisa Lopez-Galvin. Baker promised more arrests. We seek to hold every shooter accountable for their actions on that day. Every single one. Both men are still hospitalized with wounds received during the shooting. They're being held on $1 million bond. Baker says the men didn't seem to know each other, but had a verbal argument and quickly pulled guns. She says Miller is allegedly the one who fired the shot that killed Lopez Galvin. Two juveniles have also been charged in the shooting, but their names have not been released. Kansas City police say one plainclothes officer was injured during the response to the shootings, but that officer is fine. Chief Stacy Graves told the police board yesterday morning that she couldn't give any more details into the investigation. Kansas Republicans have failed to override Democratic Governor Laura Kelly's veto of a major tax-cutting package. Daniel Cottle of the Kansas News Service reports. Republicans in the Kansas House fell three votes short of the two-thirds majority needed to override the veto and send it to the Senate. Five Republicans voted with Democrats against an override. The package included a number of proposed tax cuts. The most controversial was a single-rate income tax, often called a flat tax. Both parties say tax cuts are a priority because of a healthy budget surplus, but it's unclear whether they'll be able to reach a deal. Kelly says she'll call lawmakers back to Topeka for a special session if they fail to pass tax relief. We'll be back after this. Abortion has long been a hot topic in Kansas, especially since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, and it became one of the few states in this part of the country where abortions are legal. Kansas lawmakers are once again considering a number of restrictions on abortion at this legislative session. KCUR's Brian Ellison sat down with Kansas News Service reporter Rose Conlin to talk about where abortion rights stand in the state right now and how that might change this year. The majority of Kansans voted back in 2022 to keep abortion rights enshrined in the Kansas Constitution. Polls show that a majority still feel that way. Where is the energy coming from for these efforts to restrict abortion rights in a state that seems to support them? Well, a simple way to put it is that Kansas still has a Republican-controlled legislature and a supermajority at that. And so they're able to set the legislative agenda pass laws, and override vetoes of laws. And, you know, Kansas also has a pretty powerful and well-funded anti-abortion lobbying apparatus. So the leading group, Kansans for Life, brought in over 4 million in 2022, which is the last year we have data for. There are also groups like the Kansas Catholic Conference and Kansas Family Voice that are pretty influential on this issue. 
you know, among those lawmakers and lobbyists, there's still a strong appetite for anti-abortion policies, even though, as you say, they can't outlaw abortion. Okay, so then if they can't outlaw abortion and there's all of this energy and money behind the effort, what is the agenda? So when it comes to legislative efforts, we're seeing these groups push for policies that they say would give women with unplanned pregnancies the resources they need to carry their pregnancies to term. So they argue that a lot of women seek abortions because they can't afford to have another child or you know, they don't have family support or social support for having another child. Um, there are two main bills that are under this umbrella. One would send more money to anti-abortion counseling centers, and the other would allow pregnant women to seek child support payments during their pregnancy. So you mentioned those two bills, Rose, and, and one of them sounds very much like a program that was created last year that sends money to those those anti-abortion or sometimes called crisis pregnancy centers. Can you tell us more about those centers and, and what this new proposal would do? Yeah. So these are usually faith-based nonprofits that offer resources for people with unplanned pregnancies, things like parenting classes, diapers, baby supplies, things like that. But they also have a specific anti-abortion mission. So when I visited one last year, they repeatedly said one of their goals was to reach out to women they describe as abortion-minded and try to get them to change their minds. Um, the director of that center once cold called the woman she heard was considering abortion to try to get her to change her mind. And so last year, Kansas lawmakers allocated $2 million from the state general fund to help support those centers. That was called the Alternatives to Abortion Program, and it was created through a budget item. This new proposal this year would rename that program to the Pregnancy Compassion Program, and it would increase the funding to $4 million per year. Hmm. Now, the other bill you mentioned would require child support to be paid beginning at conception. Um, what does that have to do with abortion and, and how would that work exactly? Kind of the logic for introducing this is that um, anti-abortion groups say a major reason that women choose abortion is because they don't have the resources to you know, carry a pregnancy to term and um, take care of that pregnancy and that child. So this would allow women to seek payments from their baby's father to cover medical fees and other pregnancy-related expenses. I don't think it would require that they do, but it would create that option more formally if a woman seeks to pursue that. Proponents say it would give pregnant women more resources, and it would sort of formally acknowledge that pregnancy can be costly for women. Um, but abortion rights groups oppose the bill. They say it's an effort to further an anti-abortion agenda. And some people have raised concerns that it would sort of legally establish this idea of fetal personhood that could be used down the line to restrict abortion further. Okay. And I, I know there's it's a lot of people would be surprised by how many bills dealing with abortion seem to be on the legislative calendar this year. For example, there's also a bill, uh, House Bill 2749, that would require abortion patients to tell their doctor why they're getting an abortion. Tell us more about that. So under this bill, Kansas abortion patients would be required to list and rank their reasons for seeking an abortion before they obtain that abortion. They would be presented with 18 possible reasons 
of why they are getting an abortion, and they would have to choose their top three reasons. Proponents say it would give lawmakers and, you know, the general public more information about why people do get abortions. And they say that would then help help lawmakers craft programs, help community groups um, create programs that better supports those women so they do not have to choose abortion. Uh, but opponents say that the questions are invasive and unnecessary, and it's just adding one more thing that women have to do before they're seeking a procedure that can come at often a vulnerable time in their lives. They say that potentially these questions could re-traumatize survivors of sexual assault if the pregnancy was a result of sexual assault. And they note that abortion providers already report a lot of information to the state, more information than um, most other medical providers have to report about the specifics of who is getting which procedures. Okay, and Rose, another of these bills would impose a near total ban on abortion, as I understand it. That sure seems like it's unconstitutional. Am I right about that? Yeah, it probably is unconstitutional. Um, I don't think that bill is going to get a hearing. And um, it's one of you know, a handful of bills that are probably not going to get hearings. They're more more symbolic, probably not a top priority for lawmakers this session. Um, that specific near total abortion ban was introduced by a group of legislators who introduce a very similar um, bill every year. And I talked to one of them. He said it's really more symbolic, just kind of affirming that they are strongly against abortion. And this is what they would like to do in a world where they are able to do that. Of course, they're not able to do it because the Kansas Supreme Court has ruled that the state constitution protects the right to abortion. Um, there are a few other bills that were introduced this year that are probably not going to get hearings, it looks like. That includes one that would exclude abortion providers from being able to purchase liability insurance from a state fund. And another one that would amend a law that was passed last year called the Born Alive Law. And it sort of concerns this scenario where a baby is born as the result of an abortion, um, that baby survives. This bill would allow that baby, when they grow up, to pursue um, damages against the provider of the abortion if they, you know, sustained injuries during it. Rose, before I let you go, I want to ask about the political implications of all this. It is an election year, after all. We started by saying there's a very powerful anti-abortion lobby in Kansas that is pushing these these measures. And yet, uh, if polls show that they're not actually popular among the majority of voters, why are Republicans uh, going all in on some of these attempts to limit abortion rights? It seems like it's contrary to their political self-interest. Well, you're right that a strong majority of Kansans voted to enshrine abortion rights in the state constitution. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that a majority of Kansans in each congressional district supports abortion rights, mm. although we did see several congressional districts that um, do skew you know, more red-leaning actually came out in support of abortion rights on that August 2nd vote. But broadly, you know, Lawmakers, especially in a lot of these congressional districts, which are, you know, consistently Republican, the biggest challenge that a lot of these lawmakers face is at the primary phase. And so a lot of these lawmakers face challenges on whether they are conservative enough. And so um, 
I think a lot of lawmakers don't think that this is going to be a deciding issue for voters, you know, in choosing to reelect them or not. That was KCUR's Brian Ellison and Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios and edited by Madeline Fox and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Rose's coverage of abortion in Kansas, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more Kansas and Missouri news from Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show, make sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.